This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today is Thursday, May 27th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 410 featuring the Boston Herald's Mark Murphy is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today and use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% sign-up bonus. Okay, what's up, everybody? Another new edition of Celtics Beat. I am Adam Kaufman. Evan Valenti, our producer, sometimes host here with us, as always, and joined by a good friend of the program, Mark Murphy of the Boston Herald. And, Mark, last time you were on... You know, you watch some of the show back on uh, on YouTube or on social media, wherever we're, we're everywhere. We float around. And what you texted me was, you know, no, no one told me I was going to look like, you know, your grandpa uh, yeah, on, on this show. Yeah. Well, it's it, Gramps, it's good to have you back on the program. Hey, thanks. You know, my daughter's about to get married. I guess I'm going to be eligible soon. So. It's a part of life that we all need to not only accept, but celebrate. You know, I, I think that I think that growing growing old has a stigma to it, Mark, that, you, you know what, I'm not here for it because it sure as hell beats the alternative, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, once I leave this, I'll uh, go live like they do in Nomadland out of a trailer somewhere. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Well, they'll keep you on the beat as long as possible then. Right. How, how are you guys doing? I'm not great, if I'm being honest no. with you. I'm not, I'm not at all surprised by what we've seen so far in this Nets series. No. And, and for anyone no. that is uh, unaware, although I, I can't imagine you are because you wouldn't be listening to this show, Brooklyn took the first two games in in, uh, in, in Brooklyn. The series, right. series now shifts to Boston, obviously. Game three right. coming up on Friday, which is tomorrow as we record, and then game four on Sunday with what expects to be a packed house at the Garden. But Celtics, uh, I, I would be disingenuous to say they put a scare into the Nets in the first half of game one. I think it was maybe something uh, more of a, a wake-up call for Brooklyn, trailing by a, a handful at the half. From there, I, they just started hitting shots. They ran away, yeah. and as we know, yeah. game two was just – really ugly from the start but this is this is what we expected this is what people were rooting for against the wizards in the play-in game to see to have the opportunity mark to see this and it's not fun no no it's been horrible uh you know you talk about the first half of game one i think on both sides it was for five minutes planted in their heads well this could actually get even closer and then the Nets, who are not known as a good defensive team, came out and just completely took Jason Tatum out of it. And 
They didn't get enough cutters. They didn't uh, get any kind of ball movement, and they just sacked. Yeah, and then and then the defensive issues. Joe, ha- I I had written before the series started that Joe Harris was going to be the big beneficiary here because, you know, a three point champion who's on a team where all he has to do is take open three pointers. I mean, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. Well, we sure as hell saw that at the start of game two when he just went crazy in that first quarter, kind of coasted yeah. from there. He didn't have to do anything else. Right. You have that three-headed monster, as we know, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden. And, you know, there were there were a lot of – we talked about it with Mike Gorman last week. We've talked about it with Ian Thompson on the show. The question's going into the series of, okay, well, maybe, just maybe, if, if there's any – not that anyone thought the Celtics were going to win this series, but let's say, you know, in a perfect world – to some anyway, you, you steal two games. And I, I right. had Nets in five. I never thought two was all that possible. And now as, as we talk, it's looking like even one isn't all that yeah. plausible. But, yeah. you know, people said that this is, if, if you want to catch the Nets, now is, is the time to, to at least take advantage of the lack of continuity. Right. The fact right. that those guys, the big three, had only played eight games together going into this this yeah. series over the course of this season between injuries and and yeah. everything else that, uh, that that was involved there in Brooklyn over the course of the year yeah. and uh nope doesn't doesn't seem to no. matter all that much this no. this team is the real deal i think uh the problem is that you've got three guys and Durant, Harden and Kyrie who are also great iso players so so what if they don't move the ball I mean, they're all going to score anyway. It's it's that kind of an offense. I, it's it's really going to be interesting to see how a team handles them down the road, like Philly, for example. Mm. You know, if that that might not, that would be a great series. You know, because I don't think the Nets have anything to deal with Joel Embiid, and you know that gives. That gives Philly a chance, but otherwise, I don't see who beats the state. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, look, I, I'll go right now here. Like, I don't see anybody with the way that the Nets are currently playing who's just going to beat them. I mean, maybe Milwaukee because they have Giannis and Drew can can handle Kyrie a little bit. Um, but that ever that that one piece, that Joe Harris piece, I, I had people asking me about you know, what was you defensively on the Nets, and I'm like, again, I'm not nearly qualified enough to, to answer this question, um, but like. You know, they have so many different guys. Then all of a sudden you have yeah. Harris running off screens, you know, running through, you know, different, you know, obstacles. And all of a sudden he's open for three and there's nothing you can really do about it. I mean, look at the defense they play for, you know, a good three quarters of possession. They're good. And then all of a sudden there's Joe Harris wide open. You're like, well, what, you know, it's, it's a math problem the Celtics can't solve right now. And like, look, I was – Adam was very adamant. He's been adamant on text message with me. We should have lost the game to to the, the the Wizards, and they should have been aiming to play Philadelphia. I have a hard time rooting for a loss. It's or just, aiming for the lottery. Yeah, I just don't feel, like, comfortable doing that. I'd rather see this team play with some conviction right. and, and, and at least enter the playoffs uh, on a nice note, and I think they did. That was a great effort game. Um, but they've run into a buzzsaw here. This, this, this Nets team is unbelievable. It's one of the most efficient offenses in NBA history. Um, right. but one thing I'll say though, Mark, as like a spin zone, let's make a positive out of this thing is it'll give Danny and the rest of the front office crew there and the coaching staff and the players as well. Like this is what you're up against right here. This right. team, 
and, right. and getting blown out in the first two games shows you there's a long way to go here. This is this team isn't like a flash in the pan and going to be done. This Nets team is now the team you need to chase, at least in your own conference. Who cares about the West right now? I mean, we'll see what happens with Golden State. We'll see what happens with the Lakers. We'll see what happens with the Mavs, or et cetera, et cetera. But inside your own conference, <laughs> this Nets team, as we all said months ago, is the team to beat. Uh, they will continue to be the team to beat until those three guys aren't in the same team anymore. So the one thing I'll say, Mark, and maybe you disagree with this, is the idea of at least we know what we're up against now and at least we know we need to become drastically better to compete with this team. I obviously yeah. think healthy Jalen Brown will help this, but right. there's some there's a big gap between these two teams right now. No, and I think, you know, you need a trade of some kind. Um yeah, I hate to say it because I I think he's just a terrific player, but I think Marcus Smart is the piece to go. And then, you know, it looked like he had value around the trade deadline. You know, it sounded sounded like there were teams phoning in, but yeah, that might be what you have to do. And <coughs> you know what's funny about that though this this series reminds me. I don't know if you remember that series a couple of years ago where the Celtics undermanned played a Cleveland squad and Marcus Smart shot the lights out to steal a game. And that was, it It feels very similar here where they're, they're, they're undermanned. They're banged. It's pretty obvious they're banged up too. Um, And it's going to take some Herc, you know, uh, some ridiculous effort to try and and keep this team, uh, you know, afloat here in one game. Um, It might take a Marcus Smart heat check. It might be an Evan Fournier heat check game. They steal one, but they're just way overmatched. There's just, there's no, no, there's no answer here. There's no answer. It'll be interesting to see how much the crowd gets them close because I think they desperately need their own crowd right now. And maybe that, (coughs) sorry for my throat, guys. Maybe I, I just maybe. wish we were in person. I feel like I, I'm, I, I wish there were like, if, if I can't give you like a virtual Heimlich, you know, <laughs> I just, I want to reach in to save you. I want to help out. I can't, I can't do it from here. Uh, um, so Marcus, uh, well, he had his big game the last game. Right? So can he do that two games in a row that you need somebody to, Offset Tatum. I mean, Fournier looks like he's close. Kemba is back to being indecisive. Kemba, um, yeah, I just don't see it. Guys, this is this is the most. There are so many different things I want to talk about. This is the most alarming statement I feel like I could make about the first two games of this series for the Celtics. Your leading scorer right now through two games is Marcus Smart. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. That's yeah. a gigantic problem yeah. because that's yeah. not a guy you should even be turning to for offense in a, in, in a grand way. Like, yes, can, can he have the Kelly Olenek game or the Marcus Smart game as has happened in the past? Of course he can. And, and, and you need that. You obviously need that yeah. to have any sort yeah. of playoff success, but for him to be consistently, and we're talking about two games, so that's, it's a small sample, but nevertheless, if he is your guy, 
that is going to be your leading scorer, that's yeah. a problem. You know, yeah. Jason Tatum, obviously, he got poked in the eye by Kevin Durant. He left early last time around. Before that, before that injury, right. he stunk no. in game one. He sucked in game two. He had nine points on three of 12 shooting. Kemba Walker, as you said, indecisive. Yeah. He has been bad. Evan Fournier has yeah. been bad. You know, yeah. just across the board. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Smart's averaging 18 points. Walker, 16. Tatum, 15 and a half. Fournier, 13. How are they shooting? Well, Smart's up, you know, 46%. Yeah. Kemba, 37. Tatum, 28 on 16 yeah. tries per yeah. game. Yeah. It is, a, it. this is just what we are seeing right now. And yeah. I hope that Danny Ainge is, is not having this conversation internally, uh, as has maybe been indicated, quite frankly, in some of the interviews he's done, uh, including to Dan Shaughnessy not too long ago at the end of the regular season or, or as the regular season was winding down when he was saying, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Brad Stevens is not going anywhere. Right. The Jays are not right. going anywhere. Our right. best players are not going anywhere. Right. Seem to indicate Marcus Smart's not going anywhere. You know, highlighting how right. how bad, how unlucky this right. year was with regard to COVID. Far and away, they were hit harder than any other team by COVID, by injuries, by the combination of those two. Yeah. And now you're you're here in in this net series against the title contending, you know, favorite, yeah. uh, you know, courtesy yeah. of Bet Online, everybody else. The Nets are the championship favorite, so you're facing them. You're down an All Star in Jalen Brown. You're getting basically the worst performances you possibly could out of your your top three guys you know excluding brown yeah in, in tatum and walker and uh and fournier it's it's like it's the it it's it's a perfect storm of disaster yeah. to where i am fearful that danny is going to sit there and say well and and i'm not talking about like end of the bench guys i'm talking about core guys that danny right. is going to say let's run it back because it couldn't possibly be worse than it just was yeah well i talked to somebody who would know who said that ownership is just 100% behind Brad. They are, they're not going to change course and they love Danny. So you're not going to get any kind of change there. Um, no, I think, I think Danny knows he has to do something. And, you know, how much do you believe the tease of Robert Williams? Can he stay healthy? If he's healthy, He's on his way to being Clint Capella. And that could be a big improvement for this team if these guys suddenly have someone there, but he has to be dependable. How much can you count on that? I'm a believer in the talent. I'm a believer in the ability. I'm I'm it's hard to be a believer that he can stay on the floor. That being said, right. he's twenty three years old. He's yeah. twenty three. Yeah. You know, are we gonna are we gonna write a guy off at twenty three and just say he's made no. a class? It's, Are you going to write it off that's Tatum? Hard to do. No, no. I yeah, mean, do you write it off Tatum? I Tatum, for the most part, has been durable. I mean, the, really, yeah. the only time he missed this year was COVID. No, but I mean, for twenty three, for some of the criticisms he gets, right? You know, is he? Is this who he is? You know. Well, there aren't too <clears throat> many criticisms within his game, right? I mean, right. there 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 are not too many things that people look at and say. Boy, he's got to be exponentially better at this. The, you know, at least the the vocal minority, the loudest things you've heard about Jason Tatum to the negative this year have been questions about leadership. Right. And at 23 years old, you're not supposed to be the leader of your team. No. You're, no. you're not. And and no. that's 
maybe that sounds like I'm excusing it, but really it, that comes back to roster construction. Well, That's more right. of a Danny Ainge problem than sure. it is a Jason Tatum problem. Not, not to play devil's advocate here, but some of the younger guys in the league that are doing really well are leaders of their teams. And it's like kind of obvious. I mean, the Luca show that we're getting, and Luca, I right. mean, we should need to put in right. a category because Luca is just, and I mean, he's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But he at 22 years old is the unquestioned leader of that team. John Morant with the Grizzlies right. is the unquestioned leader of that basketball team. And, and they're doing, and look, they're, they're facing yeah. an uphill climb. They, they won the first game, you know, no Donovan Mitchell probably helps that. Um, but they, that's a team that has a young leader and that's not a question. Um, you have maybe Zion with the Pelicans. I think Zion probably takes that, but you know, I, I but there, this the but narrative around basketball is, leads by example. What do we question whether Tatum leads by example? Like he's, he's never going to be a, a vocal scream at his teammate in the face, you know, LeBron, all those, you know, videos and memes and everything. Like he's not going to be that guy. He's just not yeah. built that way. He's not wired yeah. that way. I don't know. And, and maybe, maybe they are, maybe they're not. I just don't know enough about them on, you know, I, I'm not watching them every day. I don't think Luca's that guy. I don't know if Morant is that guy. That's not me saying they aren't leaders of their team. It's just, you know, are, are we expecting Tatum to be more than he it just just totally transforms personality just because he's the best player on the team. No, the way he's going to go. I wrote a story earlier this week. I talked to Drew Hanlon, Tatum's trainer, and some people who knew Durant. And there's a very strong parallel between those two when Durant was his age. Durant used to get it for not closing out games for being too passive, not demanding the ball enough. And basically at the same age Tatum is now. I mean, Tatum's advanced beyond that. But you have to think that he is going to get a lot better. I think he is. I I don't think this is, you know, what you see isn't what you get. I think that uh, they just have to build around him, like you say. They've got all the wings in the world. So what's the problem? Just because they have wings, I mean, they're effective ones. I mean, they have different types of them. But, you know, yeah. Tatum, and the thing about Tatum is like, okay, he gets compared to Kevin Durant and he gets compared, like the article this week about him getting compared to Carmelo Anthony, like that's supposed to be a bad thing. Like, I, I just don't. Yeah, right. right. Like, there, he is insanely talented. He is. I think ahead of schedule in terms of development, he's doing a lot of, again, he's starting to really, you know, try and become that playmaker instead of just being a scorer Um, and balancing that is again, that's the final step for him is balancing how to get his teammates involved versus when he needs to take over. Um, But what's happening, what you're seeing now is, you know, Tatum is having a rough series because they're literally gearing up to stop him. That's because they don't have, I mean, if Fournier is not going to do it and Kemba is going to be indecisive as Mark said, like what else? Did they, they don't have any other guns to go against this Brooklyn team that's fully loaded. So they're like, yeah, okay. Aaron Neesmith, go for it. Have a blast. Marcus right. Smart, right. shoot your light, shoot right. as much as your heart desires. Uh, you know, pick anybody. And it's just, again, built this roster construction as we've talked about throughout the season is, is, is not great. I mean, what yeah. add Jalen Brown, this is probably a little bit different, but they need help and Tatum needs help in a certain amount, a couple different ways. And they yeah. just, they just don't have the horses right now to keep up. But like, I, 
the one thing about this season, I am not like, okay, because Tatum's the best player, he deserves some criticism, but how much does he deserve really? Not a whole ton in my opinion, considering what he's played through, who he's played with. He's been, you know, he, what is the leader in games played on the team, right? He's played more games than anybody else. The lineup is constantly shifting around him. So the people that want to come out and say, oh, Tatum's not doing enough, I think you're crazy considering what he's been able to do with the talent around him. And it's just a matter of of him, you know, again, learning a little bit. Again, this series should be a very humbling series for him. Learning, uh, you know, watching – like watch how physical Durant gets with him. I mean, the first two games. That's the stuff. Like you need to be able to come back with something, you know, and Durant, look, look, Durant's a, one of the greatest scorers in the history of basketball. Right. But that's, you know, that's a guy that you need to model yourself after. Be a little more aggressive. You know, push some people around. It called for a foul, an offensive foul. I don't care. At least it shows right. that you're being aggressive. Right, Mark? Or you make, you make Durant really work for it. Maybe you get him into a little bit of foul trouble. And, you know, that's one thing that's supposed to be a bigger part of Tatum's game. Like, like you say, I mean – how many games ago was the 17 for 17 game from the line? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what he could be. Um, but the other thing is, and this is a rock roster construction thing. I'm convinced they need a point guard. They need a real Mike Conley type point guard. I think Kemba would be great. You're going to have him next year. Bring him off the bench as a six man who can just go looking for buckets. That's his whole mission, just score and get somebody in that playmaking role because they talk about how they want ball handlers. Yeah, but you're not, you don't necessarily have great playmakers though. You have, you have guys who can handle the ball, but yeah. Going back to the, Evan, you brought it up, the Jason Tatum, Carmelo Anthony thing. And I didn't read the article. I didn't see it. I, I don't know if, if this was I didn't part of the premise or not, but where my head instantly goes when you bring up the comparison, like, sure, Carmelo Anthony and and this coming from a Syracuse guy, like, he's a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it. He's yeah. he's an exceptionally talented player. But the right. stigma attached to Carmelo throughout his career when he was the focal point for so many teams, not the case now in Portland, but Denver, New York, you know, when, when he was the guy, it was he isn't a leader. He's selfish. You can't win with this guy. So to that end, like, no, Jason Tatum doesn't want to be Carmelo Anthony. If you want to say at the end of the day, they both have Hall of Fame careers and they're, they're both guys that average between 25 and 30 points, you know, more often than not. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think the, the point probably is that you're looking for more from Jason Tatum than, than what Carmelo Anthony gave his teams right. in terms of some of those intangible things that, you know, I, it, yeah. And and I'm not going to say Tatum can't bring you that again, 23 years old, but it it's it still remains to be seen in a lot of ways, Mark. Yeah, but Carmelo, Jason Tatum looked up to Carmelo Anthony. He actually spent and, a lot of time yeah. studying his game. So, and who's his who's his god? Kobe. He worked sure. out with Kobe. Nope. Some of the worst tendencies he's had this year have been in line with those two guys. Right. What they do. So maybe that's part of his game. You have to, you know, and he has, he still has to develop the playmaking part. 
you know. Um, I think I still think he slipped a little bit of his defense, but he last year he was aspiring to be an All NBA defensive player too. But you know he's, but he's twenty three. I, I mean, where where do you guys think he'll be when he's twenty seven? I think offensively he's going to be a pretty similar player. I guess the question would be like you're talking about from a playmaking standpoint, getting others involved, being more aggressive, getting routinely to the free throw line 10 times yeah. a game, all of that. We, we don't know. You hope, but yeah. I, I guess I just, I guess I wonder for a lot of those all-time greats, how much of that is, is what they have around them versus, right. you know, the, the player themselves. Now I, I think Tatum does have enough around him. Even if you just want to look solely at Jalen Brown and stop there, I think he has enough around him to, <laughs> to play less ISO and trust his teammates. <laughs> Right. Uh, to, to some yeah. degree, not yeah. not maybe all the way around and, and depth, but, yeah. you know, certainly they could be more of a cohesive, connected yeah. one two punch. Those two. I, I feel like there's a lot yeah. of there, there's a lot of isolated piling up statistics right. from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown yeah. and not nearly enough connectedness and working together between yeah. those two, which, you know, you you got them both under contract long term. Now we, we can get to the possibility yeah. of. Jalen Brown getting traded away this offseason, but so long as those two are <coughs> the, the pillars, the guys to build around, that needs to adapt. That needs to change. Um, and I put that on Brad. It's, you know, the problems you've seen in these first two games, they're not cutting. They're not getting, they're not, you know, Kemba said this the other day, we have to get open for Jason, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not doing it. Um, and part of that comes to cutting, game planning. I mean, you know, if you're the coach, you should be getting that message across. How much of that is lack of just playing time together? You know, it's it uh, just feels like yeah. there's a chemistry issue here that nobody knows when to cut where because they're not sure if this guy's cutting if right. that guy's going to cut. Right. You know, yeah. it's 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 they don't they're not familiar with each other, right? They like Kemba has played half the season. He didn't play in back to backs. Fournier right. just right. got here. Robert Williams, uh, love him to death. He's been, you know, in and out of the lineup. Pritchard just got here. Neesmith just got here. I mean, it's, again, one of these things where this – and look, again, this does fall on Brad. There's no question about it. But it's like, you know, I, I don't remember exactly the quote, but a couple of weeks ago you, you could hear Brad audibly on the broadcast, like, move! Like, yeah, yeah, move. Yeah. Right. So it's right. not like he's not coaching it. I think it's just like – a. You know, they don't. They don't have the right chemistry, and and no, unfortunately yeah. for them, that I mean, look, the team on the other side of the floor doesn't have a lot of chemistry either. But right. they have Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. So does it matter? Like that's yeah. that's. It's just one of these. Like man, like it's just it, you, you keep coming back to the same stuff all the time. It just you're under man, under gun, and and everything is built up to this point to be against you. Yeah, yeah, and. uh yeah, I think for me anyway, that goes back to needing a actual point guard, which is an off-season move, which Mike Conley's a free agent. So is Lonzo, right? Isn't Lonzo a free agent? Lonzo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's we had Mike Gorman on last week. He said the same thing. Who's the Celtics point guard right now? Is it only Peyton Pritchard? Is he the only point guard on the team? Yeah, and he's hit a wall Expected though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. I'm no... surprised he got this far, but yeah. Right. 
that's no slight on him, obviously, with the truncated schedule and rookie year and no yeah. traditional training camp and all yeah. of that. Yeah. Real quick, I want to tell you, Bet Online has the fastest and easiest ways to bet on all your sports action. Uh, we're obviously uh, into the NBA and NHL playoffs. Bet Online has series props for most postseason series that are uh, certainly available to you or those that are coming up in the second round. Net Celtics props, sadly, those are off the board. You can still bet on the NBA title, though. The Nets are plus 175 to win. Uh, I'm just going to I'm going to die on the hill that, that, that that's not going to happen this year because I just can't stomach it. The Lakers, the defending champs, plus 375. And if we get that finals matchup, good God, tear it all down. Jazz plus 600 after a uh, tremendous game last night, a, a high-potency offense there, which we don't typically see out of Utah. Bucks plus 700. Sixers, the exact same thing. Celtics, <laughs> I didn't know you could even find this, plus 30,000 to win a championship. <laughs> Plus 30,000 are the odds on the Celtics to uh, not only rally back against the Nets, but go ahead and win a title. Bet online as you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It is the best way and the best place for you to uh, make your bets. It is free to sign up. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action, and don't forget, use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, promo code CLNS50. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Mark, you had mentioned uh, quite a little while ago, Marcus Smart, the possibility of of dealing him away. We've talked about that a number of times here on this show in recent weeks as, you know, rumors have swirled. And also as, as we all play GM and try and figure out how to fix this thing. If, you know, if you're not moving the Jays, you're not moving, uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, Kemba Walker, as much as you'd like to move him, might be unmovable uh, or immovable uh, as a result of what that contract is right now unless you're willing to, to give up pieces so the teams will be willing to take on his salary. And that's another thing that we can get into. But I guess I just wonder with Marcus Smart, and I'm not nearly as resigned to, you know, oh, no, don't you, don't you dare trade away Marcus Smart <laughs> the way that, you know, maybe I've been in the past because I right. recognize something right. has to happen. I guess I just question, what are you going to get from Marcus Smart that is going to be exponentially better than what you have you know what is he going to bring you that is going to transform where we're at right now you could package him with your number one and your first rounder and move up somewhere yeah that kind of thing uh a sign and trade some it you know there's possibilities i mean i it depends on what they can go after for free agents. Uh, do you go after Jared Allen? I mean, they, they will. I was talking to somebody recently who said that they pointed out that ownership has always been willing to spend into the tax if it's a player that's worth it. Well, you know, may, maybe they, you have to start looking at free agency above all. Well, is Evan Fournier going to be deemed worth it? Because they might have to pay into the tax I, to keep him. I, I would love to see what he's like after, if he's with this team for a while. I mean, I love the way he plays. Um, he gets it, you know, the other night he was like the only guy in the rhythm for a while. It's, uh, but he's, he's a guy who will help that chemistry. And he's also a guy that seems like he, you know, has, 
a burning fire. Like he got in Durant's yeah. face the other day, yeah. which I was like, finally, somebody's just gonna. Seems like somebody somebody's gonna. Crap. Pull. Yeah, he's got a pulse, which I like. But again, is Evan Fournier the guy that you spend the you know you're going to the tax for? That's the question you have to answer. And right, and you know, there the problem with Boston is their their cap situation right now is doesn't make you know the uh, the ability to be fluid you know very easy. Smart's contract is very tradable, which right. makes it attractive. The problem is he's usually a piece that contending teams want to add not teams right. that are rebuilding. So if you're looking to move right. up, I'm not quite sure if the teams in that, with you know, maybe save uh, Golden State, who will have a nice draft pick, probably because Minnesota won too many games um, and Minnesota has to send their pick to Golden State. There's a scenario where you're saying, okay, you know, we can get, get and Golden State with Marcus Smart would just be fun with him and Draymond on the same team. But you you could there's an opportunity there to trade Marcus to a contender and get some real value back. Right. Um, and, but I, again, Smart's value is only valuable to a team that's in the middle of contention, not to a team right. like the Detroit Pistons. Who I, look, I'm not suggesting Detroit was going to trade their first round pick for Marcus Smart. I'm not doing that. But a team like Detroit, uh, a team like Houston, a team like Toronto, those teams aren't you know, looking for Marcus Smart, they're looking for, you know, maybe the draft a guy like Marcus, but not looking for Marcus right now. Right. Right. Uh, team like the Clippers who look like they're going to implode. Yeah. You know. Again. What a disaster. Yeah. That's the uh, one thing I'll say, at least the Clippers are taking all the flack that Boston should be getting and just right. taking that attention, that national attention and yeah. putting it on themselves. So thank well, you. How happy is Doc Rivers right now too? say, see, oh. wasn't me. Yeah. Wasn't me, oh, guys. Really, really. Um, you know, the other thing they have, what do they have? Nine million of that trade exception left? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's a pretty good tool. But, you know, it depends on, you know, you taking on a player, someone who's trying to unload. I, it, it's, I can't see Mike Conley not going back to Utah. Why would he want to leave there? Aside from the city itself. But. <laughs> Cedric Maxwell, who is uh, part of the CLNS media network as well, I'm pretty sure that's what he's most famous for, had a an interesting comment on television yesterday saying that he actually would trade Jalen Brown if you could, yeah. not just for anybody, obviously, but if you could get, let's say, Carl Anthony Towns from Minnesota. Right. Or as we right. know, Bradley right. Beal has been brought up in the past. We know yeah. the relationship between Beal and Tatum. Um, you know, some of those types of guys who could potentially be available that are, that are all stars that are, uh, you know, Towns is still young, incredibly talented on the part of both field. You know, he's been a little banged up. Is that a move that you would make? Yes, I would. Uh, if it got me, if it got me Bradley Beal, absolutely. I mean, that guy, that guy's amazing. He's a, he's a scoring leader and he would be a great balance for Tatum. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. I, although there was one thing, the uh, the comeback game against Minnesota, one thing I noticed in that game, once he started shooting, he's he's kind of a selfish player. I'm not I'm not into Carl Anthony Towns. I, I just, I'm not. We have enough evidence he's kind of a softer player. I know he's been through a lot. Don't get me wrong. That's He's been through as many tragedies as, as any of us been right. just in the right. past Carl year. Anthony Towns on line one. Yeah, right. Basically calling me to tell me I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, you have 
you have a, a guy who, you know, it seems to lack intensity at some times. It's just team has yeah. enough of those guys already. Um, and name me a big playoff game. Carl Anthony Towns has won. No, you know, I know he hasn't been in the playoffs. His team's been terrible, but it's like, you know, stuff changes as Boston's finding out, like defense is changing in the playoffs. Things get yeah. different. Things oh, get yeah. tougher. So yeah. if you have a guy that backs away from, I mean, Cat is a wonderfully talented player. I'm not saying he's not, but with, at least with Brad Beal, you know, I, I, I kind of know what I'm, a guy that's going to give me everything he's got every single night. You never question yeah. whether Brad Beal is on the floor or not. You never walk away from a game being like, man, was Brad Beal into it tonight? Right. Has anybody ever said that? I don't think so. Right. Right. But right. Uh, I, so in that particular capacity, I would be on board for that. Not on board for Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Uh, can't not not with what Jalen I think means both on and off the court to this team. Yeah, and you know if you need an opinion on Carl Anthony Towns, ask Jimmy Butler. You know, ask KG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, but yeah, uh, just maybe just a handful of instances. But yeah, I think Jalen has to be considered for that. So Bradley Beal would be one option, obviously, theoretically, you know, just in the context of this show, Bradley Beal would be an option. Carl Anthony Towns, is he less of a preference simply because it might stifle the development of Robert Williams? And if you believe that he could be Clint Capella for a year or something like that, if you can, if you believe he can stay on the floor and be, you know, this, this team center of the future, are you less inclined to want to make a move for Cap? Yeah. Um, Although one free agency option I was wondering about would be Jared Allen. Would mm-hmm. you go after a guy like that and play him with Williams? Back to the double big lineup. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. But an effective double big. Yeah. I love Jared Allen. I saw one of those in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is that the kind of move that they need if they've already got these guys like Fournier and Smart? who are great complementary wing players, you know, and then you have that defensive middle because defense is as much part of their problem as anything else. It's going to be Maybe a really more interesting offseason, obviously, for Danny. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's what he does. I mean, it, again, you're getting a, a good front row seat of what you got to compete against. Jared Allen would definitely help as a rim deterrent, no question about that. And, you know, I'd it's funny that Houston – why Houston was like, let's just get rid of Jared Allen for no yeah. reason at all whatsoever um, right. in that James Harden hall. I didn't I didn't get it. I mean, I, look, they're going to get what they want. They're tanking and they're going to get a top pick. They might get Evan Mobley, um, right. who might be better than Jared Allen. Right. Um, but, like, Jared Allen is a very, very serviceable NBA player. And the fact oh, that yeah. Brooklyn got rid of him you get James Harden, I'm sure they didn't really want to do that. Um, but they had to do that. Look, if you have the opportunity to get James Harden, then you're going to, you're going to do that. Imagine Philly with James Harden instead of Ben Simmons right now, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Philly gets enough crap for not trading for like, uh, James Harden or not trading for Kyle Lowry, which would clearly put them at a different level. You know, that's like Kyle Lowry would help so many teams currently that nobody traded for him. And I can't believe that nobody traded for Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, it's, it's, he's just one of those guys that impacts winning. It's like Chris Paul, right. wherever Chris Paul goes, they just yeah. win. It doesn't matter who the hell it is. So it's, you this know, is a regular season. 
Well, yeah, but it's not. Chris Paul just keeps getting hurt, which sucks. I feel bad because he's he's amazing, man. And it's not even he doesn't have to even score that much. He just has to be on the floor and and again be a point guard, direct traffic, makes decisions. You know, again, figure out where. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is having a terrific season, and partly because Chris Paul has been like, you got to go. I'll get you the ball here. You need to do this, this, and this. Right. Mikael Bridges is having an amazing season. Right. And he's a he's a great defensive player. I mean, an absolute nightmare on the defensive end. But guess what? He's having a great season, partly because Chris Paul's giving him the basketball. And then there's Devin, the whole Devin Booker thing, obviously, which makes life a lot easier. But Chris Paul transformed that team. And and again, that's what having a steady point guard will do for you. And again, we go back to Boston. They don't know what to. They, it gets it's too much. My turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. Not somebody being dictating the action. Which no clue. No clue. You know, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's, and again, it's a player they don't really seem to have. So let's spin it back to this series, not so much the series, but the, the extra stuff, the extra stuff, of course, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing. We've gone this deep into the show without talking about it, but Kyrie Irving really threw out a, uh, just a, a landmine in his game two post game, uh, you know, chat with, with the media asked about what he is expecting in his return to Boston, which, you know, hard to believe, but obviously the pandemic played a role in that. This is the first time that he will be in Boston as a visitor in front of fans and actually playing in the game. So uh, asked, you know, what, what are your expectations? And, you know, there are a number of different ways he could have answered that question, but opted to uh, really pinpoint the fans and say, uh, well, hopefully there's no, um, belligerence and and subtle racism oh, and, and you know every, everybody knows about it you know it's it, it happens uh in boston obviously and which uh a lot of people have, have you know really reacted to um in a polarizing way obviously you know you hear kendrick yeah. perkins uh who was a, a celtic for a long time and of course you know is is a popular voice around the league right now yeah. saying that he and his time as a player for Boston or against Boston as an opponent never experienced any of that. Doesn't mean others haven't obviously, but he never experienced it, but said with Kyrie Irving, it just feels like there's always a little bit extra. There's always trying to change the narrative. When you heard those remarks, Mark, uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, I thought it was, well, first of all, People have to accept the history of this city, and there is a history in this city of racism. Um, does it? It's the same as every other place in the country, as far as I'm concerned. But it, you know, there's, a, there's enough on videotape to know what Boston can be about in its worst times. But first thought I had, I had, a, I was the one who asked him the question back in 2019 about. Racism after the Boogie Cousins incident, mm-hmm. and at that point, Kyrie kind of said, "You know, I can't say that it's happened to me. It's just sad that it would happen." And now, all of a sudden, he knows. I mean, or he uh, has he experienced it? Because back then, he was saying no. He didn't really say he had experienced it the other night either, but 
you know, he had Durant on the side sort of egging him on saying, you know, the whole world knows. And Kyrie said, yeah, the whole world knows. Durant, who, by the way, was very interested in coming to Boston just a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I would, it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Kyrie to take this, this approach knowing he's already going to get destroyed by the crowd. You know, he, he has a history of not liking to play in front of crowds that he, that used to be his home crowd. So, you know, he could be trying to flip the script a little bit that way. Well, what's sad too, and I, I tweeted about this, there, there, there are just so many justifiable reasons for the crowd to eviscerate him yes come friday and most especially monday when it's uh, a near full capacity uh, attendance yeah you know for it's like he doesn't realize and we've we've always known since before he was a celtic this is not new we've always known he's wired differently he operates on you know on a on a, a different i was gonna say on a different level but that that would feel like i'm i'm complimenting him and i'm not <laughs> he just he, he he thinks in a different way than most of us do and i don't think for the better quite frankly but that's you know my opinion having listened yeah. to him all these years that it's like he doesn't understand right. that you know you pledged your allegiance to boston to the right. crowd to season ticket holders made a commercial talked about having your number retired and and you know forever in green and all of that it's and and then that quickly you know equally as fast turned your back and and plotted with a friend to sign elsewhere and it like you can do that you can do all that sure you have to you have to be willing to accept what comes with it which is that you're going to get booed mercilessly and that's not racism i mean they're uh, obviously if if the wrong things are said that is inexcusable that is reprehensible but short of that if you were just booed and your character is attacked yeah that's justifiable that makes sense yeah well there's a little cal- there's a little calculation at play there by him that was a lot of it because now the return it, is less about his return and more about how the crowd is going to react yeah, to his return exactly and now after the westbrook thing last night the league has made a code of conduct statement about crowds so you know there's going to be a lot of attention tomorrow night from that just because of what's already happened mm-hmm it's uh you know it's building into quite a head it's uh it's a national tv game that'd be interesting to see what the national narrative is on this game yeah i want to thank philly fans for just ruining it for everybody that you know again that quickly it's it's unbelievable like that we haven't had full stadiums and in many places still don't including boston obviously for right now we haven't had full stadiums in more than a year and and this is what we need to do. This is this is right. how we need to celebrate it and and right. treat athletes in, in your first trip back to the building. Yeah, I, just, I don't yeah. get it. I, I don't get I don't, I don't get people. Quite frankly, yeah. Well, that's Philly, you know. Look how they treat uh, Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Batteries at the poor man. That was the uh, presence. That was the infamous Kyrie. Blah 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 again. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. It, no, that's. That's sort of Philly. That can be Boston, you know. Oh, no question, it can be Boston. This depends right. on who you are, right? right. No, it's, again, it's it's not about the city; it's about people. Yeah. And a lot of people yeah. out there suck. 
Yeah. Correct. And and people have been cooped up and they're going to come out. I mean, it's happening on airplanes. It's happening everywhere. People are going to come out thinking they're very entitled and they just want, they're raring to go. Well, there's going to be a couple of people in the crowd who will probably unleash. Well, look, I mean, it, it, it should go without saying, but if anybody out there who goes to the garden, be it Friday or, or Sunday and reacts a certain way that they shouldn't to Kyrie yeah. Irving, you yeah. know, you you are going to get what's coming to you. You will get banned from yeah. the garden. You will have yeah. your tickets revoked or season tickets revoked or, or, or you know, yeah. you'll you'll be you won't be able to come to any events like it's, right. you, you need to determine one. I mean, if 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 you are like the obvious, is it worth it? And two, more importantly, like, is that really what kind of person you are? Is, right. is, is, is that how you're wired? Is that how you're built? Is that how, like, would, would it even, it, it's just, it, what's, and maybe this is on Kyrie. Maybe this is me being naive or more than likely it's that gray area in the middle, but I just, it, it, I've been so looking forward to Kyrie coming back to Boston so that he can be booed. Right. Right. And, 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 and get everything that he has coming to him in that regard, just getting right. booed. Right. It never for one second even occurred to me what he brought up the other night no. in terms of him no. coming back. No, 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 no. And, uh, you know, with the exception of his first game back in Cleveland, which was his Celtics debut, so he couldn't very well skip that one. Right. This will be the first time that he has played in front of a crowd that he used to play for. You know, he's avoided them. He avoided them in Cleveland. He's avoided it here. So it'd be interesting to see how he plays. I mean, because this is very much up in his head, obviously. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he'll be great. (laughs) They'll go go up 3-0 and get ready to close the deal. Oh yeah, and then Durant will, you know, we beat Boston, we got him back, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, no, yeah, but it's yeah, it's, you know, Ky- Ky- Kyrie is a different kind of dude. Evan, any parting thoughts? Uh, basically, look, any criticism of Boston and their racist past is valid, although. Bringing it up at that point was a little something, but every fan in the building has a justifiable reason to boo Kyrie. So, I mean, you got to keep it civil, please. I feel weird. I have to ask that if you're going to the game, keep it civil, please. There's no need to go to certain levels, but Kyrie also bailed in this team and quitted this team very clearly. And he deserves to wear that. And the way I just, his run from that and running from that, that he's constantly done has been kind of weird. Um, but it won't matter because the Nets are going to win anyway, and they won't have to worry about this team anymore. And in Boston, we'll have to figure out what to do next season about handling Brooklyn. Um, yeah. but all this stuff, I, I look, he said what he said, and 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 again, valid stuff. But like, you know, you want to talk about racism in Boston? Go talk to Bill Russell about it, and he'll be able to educate you on what's what is you know the the deep rooted history of it. Um. And, and he's been more vocal about it than anybody really. And, and what he's been able to do to shine a light on it and kind of grow. Like the thing with Kyrie is like his comments don't help anything. Right. It doesn't bring the conversation. I mean, it, again, it happens. We need to, we need to turn the conversation, right. We need to, see, has to be ways to 
flip the narrative, so to speak. And Kyrie doing that doesn't help that. And there are people around that are trying to turn the narrative. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you guys follow Dart Adams on Twitter, but he's been doing a lot of stuff like the history of 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 certain boroughs of Boston and, and, and how certain genres of music have, have deep-seated roots in Boston and, and how, you know, blacks have been at the heart of those particular, you know, roots and, and, and culturally how Boston has a very rich black hair. Like there are certain, like he's doing a phenomenal job of trying to educate people the proper way. And what Kyrie just did, you know, kind of hurts that a little bit in my opinion, but maybe, I, I mean, I'm also maybe not the person that should be talking about it. So, you know, I just I feel can... like, and, and look, I, we're almost out of time. So I, I want to say hey. one very important thing none of the three of us are truly qualified to talk about racism in Boston. So I want to make that abundantly clear to anyone out there. It's like, well, listen to these three white guys talking about racism in Boston. So there is that. But I also think some of these successes of Boston, and I'm talking about athletics, Bill Russell, you know, first black coach in the NBA, obviously hired by Red Auerbach, you know, Willie O'Ree, first African-American hockey player in, in, in the NHL, you know, it's, you know, we, we spend less time, not the Royal, we, not us. We spend less time talking about things like that than we do the, you know, all, all of, all, all of the negatives, which should all be highlighted and not overlooked. Like, you know, the the Red Sox being the the last team to integrate a black player and, you know, the, the Yockeys in general and, and other examples. Like there are, I feel like there are probably countless examples on both sides, but for whatever reason, kind of going back to what you first brought up market at the very beginning that, you know, we just, it's, Boston gets highlighted more negatively than it seems any other city. And I, I, I can't speak to whether that's right or wrong in in my own personal experience, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it, it feels like we gravitate to it more than we do any of the positives and celebrating the positives. Right. 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 And I think some people are comfortable with this idea of Boston being the boogeyman, you know, but, You know, just thinking back, I I was in school during busing. I, I was going to school up here. I, I knew some people in Southie. I mean, I, it, it's, there are, you know, part of it is we earned it. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there, there have been some bad moments in this city. And, uh, you know, Theodore Landsmark, I'll never forget when that happened. Uh, you know, black man gets assaulted with an American flag. It was a Herald photographer who took the picture, won the Pulitzer Prize for it. But, um, you know, it's there. And I think it, you know, it lives on and it's very strong in the black community. Well, it's interesting uh, and, and an ongoing discussion, important discussion. And uh, one, obviously, a lot of people weren't expecting to be having this week. But we'll see what uh, comes of of the crowd response come Friday and Sunday at the Garden. Hopefully, uh, we have nothing to talk about on that end. That you oh. know, because there's not yeah. going to be any reason to have a 
boy, wasn't the crowd great conversation. It's yeah. the only reason I have a conversation about it after the fact is if something goes poorly. So hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully there's no, you know, a, a vindicating Kyrie Irving, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I'll feel uh, free. They he should, like you said, the, the crowd should boom. Think they have every right in the world to boom. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's, let's not turn into Philly. How's that? Yeah, I, I, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, but well, two maybe three games left in the Celtics season. Then we get into uh, what is at least in in years past kind of the more interesting shows, quite frankly. And as the off season programs and and how to rebuild this club and and what changes need to be made to take them to that next level because they have now been lapped by the Nets, who at one point were the laughing stock of the NBA for making that trade with Boston, and here we are. So for uh, Evan Valenti, Mark Murphy, I'm Adam Kaufman. Again, this show powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Mark, thanks as always for uh, hopping on with us, and we'll do it again. All right. Folks, we'll talk to you again next week.